0: there's nothing like when we can get together and to be in the presence of God There's you know but it goes even further than that there's nothing like being in the presence of God even when you're not in this setting would you not agree I, I find that the most important moments that I've had with God not necessarily were found in the church service more or less found at home maybe more or less found driving somewhere Or watch this, more or less found when someone tells me something that God has done in their life. There's nothing like experiencing the presence of God. Today, we're going to start a two-sermon series because after next week, we're going to get into this really cool Christmas series. I know that you're really going to enjoy. But we're going to get into a a two-part series called Encounter. Encountering. In other words, we're going to talk about getting into that presence, getting into... The presence of God in such a way that one moment with God can change a lifestyle of your own decisions. Think about that. Being in one moment with God, you can have all the right answers. You can have, I don't care who you have speaking into your life, giving you advice. One moment of God can surpass any of that. I want us to give our full attention during this series of really understanding how you and I can encounter God and encounter His presence. Now, all right, just to jump off the topic for a second here. Um, well, here we are. We're, we're, we're into the Christmas season, and that's very exciting. A lot of things going on and happening. Most of you are like, well, Thanksgiving's not over yet. Well, everyone else has pushed it on us, so I'm going to start pushing on us as well. Brad's already pushed it on us, you know. <laughs> Woo! There you go. But, you know, I, I, I find myself... Uh, you know, you guys know my, my routine. I, I tell you my routine of every, everything I do in the morning. You know, I get up, you know, I get my coffee going. I sit down in front of the computer. I get into my daily devotional time as long as I don't get distracted by other things, right? Remember ESPN.com if you guys remember that, that story. But anyway, um, I find myself now checking Amazon daily for today's deals. Does anybody ever do that? Does, okay, there's a couple of you who are honest. All right, that's awesome. I find myself checking Amazon for the deals. And here's why. If you've had toddlers, you realize that you can't really go out shopping. Shopping becomes a huge adventure. Especially when there are two boys both fighting for attention all the time. Right? You guys must think my house is just nothing but chaotic all the time. It is. I'm just going to fly it out and say it is. All right? I come to church to get peace. No. I'm just kidding. Anyway. Kind of. All right. So anyway. Um, I find myself going online and, and looking for what are the deals, what's, what's out there, what's amazing, what, what can I get. But you know what? My, my wife introduced to our family about six months ago something that's even better. I hate grocery shopping. I absolutely cannot stand grocery shopping. Yesterday we actually had to go to the store to go grocery shopping. I was not happy, you know, because here's what happens. You know how you guys have been in Food line? they got these little, little little shopping carts that are future shoppers in training. No, that's a drag strip for my boys. That's what that is. I don't care how many times I tell them no. It's just, anyway. So my wife introduced to us online grocery shopping, which I absolutely love. All right. And she gets on this, I I forget what the website is. I can't promote websites, you know, except for ESPN.com. And so, you know, she gets on there and and she'll order all of her stuff. and, And when she tells me, I've ordered it. In my mind, I'm going, yes, that means we don't have to go grocery shopping. Because I don't like grocery shopping. And to me, that is like one of the greatest things in the world. I get home and there's this massive box or two boxes. And and it doesn't even get to the kitchen because it just goes to the living room. I open it up because it's got various departments in the house it's got to go to. And in my mind, I'm thinking there is nothing like this. I'm like, why did it take so long to come up with this fantastic, watch this, time saved. Why? Because I don't have to waste my time going grocery shopping. All right. Time saved. Convenience. Why? Because now I don't have to get on to my boys about drag stripping through Food Lion. All right. It's absolutely amazing. And I thought to myself, how did we live without this? How in the world have we lived so long without online shopping? You know. I kind of look at that with God. And I go, how in the world have I lived so long without encountering the presence of God in such a manner what God wants to manifest His presence in our lives? In We take the daily routines of life and, and, and you know, you, you can sit there and look at that. Well, Pastor Kevin, that was a pretty dumb analogy. Maybe so, okay? But inside of me it resonates because I go, you know what? We get so excited over these smaller things in life that we really forget about. What if we had the opportunity every single day To encounter the presence of God. There's three things really quick that we're going to take a look at. Some basics about God's presence. Number one is this God, he's what? Omnipresence. He has an omnipresence. In other words, what? God is everywhere at all times and in every situation that you've ever been in and that you will ever be in. Imagine if we would keep that same mentality when it comes to the environments that we allow ourselves to get into. Things might be just a little bit different, wouldn't they? Maybe we wouldn't allow ourselves to get into environments that would cause us to slip and to fall. Maybe we wouldn't allow ourselves to be a part of conversations if we actually understood that God is always a part of every single conversation that might be inappropriate or wronging someone. So we understand that what? One of the things about God, one of the basic things about God is he has a omnipresence. Secondly, he has a inner presence. Now I'm going to debunk something here for a moment that I believe the Christian church has overly exaggerated to a point, and that is this. We understand that there's a Godhead, there's a trinity, there's what the Father, the Son, and who? The Holy Spirit. Oftentimes we single them out, especially the Holy Spirit, and we say we only receive the Holy Spirit after salvation, later on down the road, maybe somewhere. No. The moment you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, You have an inner presence with God, and that is through his Holy Spirit. And then the third thing is this, the manifest presence. And that's kind of what we're going to really focus on here this morning. And that is kind of like taking the unheard, the unseen, the unknown, and making it seen, heard, and known when it comes to the presence of God. Kind of like an illustration here would be this. Um, Imagine this morning if we had a billionaire sitting here. Now we don't, I don't think. That'd be great. But imagine this morning if we had a billionaire sitting here. We would know that he is here because he has his presence here. All right? He would be around. But imagine if that billionaire stood up this morning and said, I'm going to give everyone in here $100,000. Woo! We're going to talk about a shout and service. Some of you would come unglued, I guarantee it. But imagine he came in here and said, I'm going to give everyone in here $100,000. Now, what just happened? One, we knew his presence was here, but now, secondly, he just manifested himself. What does that mean? That means he wants to be a part of something for you that is greater than what you can do for yourself. I see God kind of like this. ...when it comes to the manifest presence. We know he's here. We know he's everywhere. We see that. Well, he's omnipresent. We know he's inside of us. Why? Because there's an inner presence. But the one that we oftentimes forget about so many times... ...is the manifest presence of God. In other words, what? God is wanting to make himself known. He's wanting to make himself seen. He's wanting to make himself heard in your life. You know, you can be in a room... The whole time with him. But when he manifests his presence. When he shows himself to be who he is. You cannot do what he can do. Think about that. You can't do it. You can't heal. You can't do the miraculous that we read through the scriptures. You can't save someone. Who can? God can. And he does it by manifesting his presence in our lives. He makes himself known to begin. He makes himself known so that we can have a connection to where we can form the relationship that we're longing for. Um, Think about this. When God manifests his presence in our lives, addictions can be broken. When God manifests his presence in our lives, broken marriages can, can be mended. All right? When, when God manifests his presence in our lives, if you can't parent, you can begin to parent. Thank God. All right? When God manifests his presence in our lives, there's so much more that can happen that you and I don't realize. We, we oftentimes, we, we, we think, well, you know, God, God is there. I've never really heard him speak. And I know he's around. And, and, you know, I see him in this and that. I see him through his word. But You know, I've not really seen him move per se in my life. We're going to look at a a story this morning in speaking about Moses. Probably probably, uh, the best example that I can give you today anyway. Of of what I believe the manifest presence of God is is truly all about. And as many of you know, his story starts out uh, in a very dark time in the history of of Israel, God's God's people, they're they are in um, they're in slavery. Right around three million of them uh, in slavery in Egypt, but you know they are they are living in slavery. But they're they're building the kingdom for Pharaoh. They're being abused. Um, many of them actually during this this setting this timetable uh, are being killed, and one Israelite family is fearful that they're. Their baby boy would be killed. So we read through the scriptures that they come up, uh, orchestrate this elaborate plan, so to say, to have one of Pharaoh's daughters adopt this baby boy, and, 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 and so that he will be all right and, and he would grow up as a prince of Egypt and rather than a slave. And we know that as Moses, and this is who we're talking about, comes into adulthood, he starts to sense that there is a purpose for his life. That there is more to his life than maybe the title that he holds as one of the prince of Egypt. He begins to understand that there's more to him than maybe he he understood in the past. So we're going to get right into Exodus chapter 2 this morning, verses 11 through 12. And this is what the scripture says. It says, he saw an Egyptian beating a Hebrew, one of his own people. Going into verse 12, looking this way and that and seeing no one, he killed the Egyptian and hid him in the sand. Now, this is an example right here for a moment. Now, bear with me because this, this is going hit, to hit very shortly here in a moment. But this is an example of Moses trying to fulfill what God has in store for him, but within his own power and in his own timing. Um. I can bear witness to that in my own life. You can probably bear witness to that in your own life. Sometimes, uh, forget it, not sometimes, a lot of the times we like to hurry God. Let's just face it. We don't always like God's timetable. We don't always enjoy the agenda that he has set up because we think that we have a better plan. But watch this, we get so confused because we think our plan is God's plan. So therefore, we think we're heeding to what God is doing. When reality, we need to, what, listen a little bit more clearly, shut down some of the noise that's happening all around us, as we just saw in the last sermon series on frequency. But this is an example of Moses trying to fulfill something. He's taking God's will with his own power and timing and really wrecking what God was probably trying to do by going about it his own way. Now... So we understand that Moses kills this man. He runs out of Egypt. He spends the next 40 years on the opposite side of the desert. The next 40 years running. The next 40 years hiding. The next 40 years hoping that he's not found. We understand through the scriptures that what? He becomes a shepherd. He's riddled with regret of what he had done. He has fear with inside of him. 40 years he was swearing that he would not go back to Egypt... Hiding from the destiny that God had in store for him. But one day, as we read through the scriptures, something happens. Something changes. One day a man who spent 40 years hiding from God has an encounter with God. The picture of what Moses tried to fix in 40 years, God was able to fix in just a split moment. Exodus chapter 3 verses 2 through 4 says this. The angel of the Lord appeared to him in a blazing fire from the midst of a bush. And he looked, and behold, the bush was burning with fire, yet the bush was not consumed. So Moses said, I must turn aside now and see this marvelous sight. Why the bush is not burned up. I mean, I'm sitting there going, hello, yeah, I would definitely too, wouldn't you? I mean, if you're seeing something like that, that's definitely going to get your attention. God knew what he needed to do in this moment to grab his attention. But when the Lord saw that he turned aside to look, God called to him from the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, here I am. What's amazing to me is that last part of the here I am, you need to like underline that, circle that part, highlight that, because that's very key here. And the reason that is very important is this. Because for 40 years, we understand that Moses was running from God. He was hiding from God. But even as he was running and moving and hiding from God, we see here God says, I am still with you. My presence is still there. In other words, even though you're trying to run from me, even though you're trying to hide from me, I'm still following you. I'm going after you. There has not been a day where God has not tried To encounter you in your own life. Think about that for a moment. I don't know what seasons maybe you have gone into. Where you have been in a moment of running or hiding from God. Becoming lazy in your walk. Not allowing those, what, spiritual disciplines to be the focal point of your daily activity. But what I find so amazing about God is even though we are quick to give up on Him, He is never giving up on you. No matter what your past may riddle, no matter the thoughts that you may run through your mind, no matter the actions of your present, and watch this, no matter what your future holds, God still is trying to encounter you in your now, in this moment. God has never given up. I love it because Jesus actually says in the scriptures, he says what? I will never what? Leave you nor forsake you. So this leads us into four things this morning and that is this. To encounter God, there's four things we're going to look at. I must do this. Number one, turn towards God's presence. Turn toward God's presence. So why doesn't God speak to me? That, that, that's one of the most popular questions now, I hope none of you are asking that question to yourself anymore, especially after the last sermon series. But in the church world, in, in, in the body of Christ, one of the biggest questions that comes about is, why doesn't God speak to me? Why don't I hear God? It's not that God's not speaking. Rather, we are not listening. We are so busy with life and, and live that we live such rushed lifestyles. We're not even aware of when God is trying to encounter us sometimes. I love this in Exodus 3.3. We just read this, but there's a small detail in Moses' story that's so important, but I've never really heard anyone point it out, but I want to point it out to you today. And it says this, I must turn aside now. In other words, he says, Moses said, I must turn aside now. That's, again, one of those spots where you want to highlight, you want to you want to circle. You want to do whatever you do. But that needs to stick out. Because when I, when I see that, that, that terminology or that language there, it means I must turn from what I'm doing right now and give my attention fully to what God is trying to encounter me with. God, a lot of times, is trying to get our attention, but we don't take on the attitude of what we see here with Moses where it says he admits, now I need to turn aside." Right now, I must turn aside now and see this marvelous sight, why the bush is not burned up. God is using things in your life to grab your attention. It could be a relationship. It could be, uh, you know, it it, it could be your job. It could be some friendships. It could be, hello, right here in, in your church. I don't know what it is that God might be using, but he's trying to use something to grab your attention So that we can take on that same thought process and saying, you know what, now I need to turn aside and see. The only reason that Moses encountered God is because he was willing to leave from what he was doing in his life and go after what God wanted for his life. How many times do you think that God wants to encounter you in a day? Think about that for a moment. How many times do you think God is trying to encounter you in your life? We mess it up so much because we think the only way we can encounter God is when we come into a church service or into a gathering like this. As I mentioned in the beginning of this message, the most precious times that I've had with God in the presence of him, some of them have not happened in a gathering such as this. In my own personal prayer time, in those moments where I have just poured out in those moments where maybe someone who just wanted to call and give me a, a, something great that God's done in their life. It's amazing how God wants and is able and capable of talking to us. But it's so frustrating. For you and I, because what happens is, is we, we tune it out. We don't have time. Oh, watch this. We're easily offended. We're upset because someone had said something about us. And so that takes up space in our mind and in our heart. We can't believe somebody could do this toward us. And so what we're doing here is we're shutting out God's voice and what God is wanting to say. So then we're not able to turn toward God. In other words, we're turning away from God because we're allowing other things to take on the presence of God in our lives. Um, Hebrews chapter eleven verse six says this, and, and this is this is a great one here. It says this: He, meaning God, is a rewarder of those who diligently who seek Him. Now, who loves rewards, right? Who doesn't love rewards? it's, it's crazy? The other day, we were uh, I was I was me and Carter. It was after school. He had a bracelet on. And, and I, I said, Carter, where'd you get that? Oh, I got that from the treasure box today. I said, well, what'd you get that for? I said, I was being good. I was, yes, thank God. You know, one of those moments. I said, but it's pink. You don't need that. You exchange that one for something else. But he was so excited inwardly because he was rewarded for doing something correctly. When I read this scripture, it says what? Those who diligently seek God are what? Rewarded. Reward. And listen, God doesn't reward with a Dollar Tree gift, does he? When God rewards, man, he shows up huge. When God rewards, a spouse enters into your life, a marriage is brought back together. When God rewards, the job that you've been dreaming of opens up. When God rewards, the child that you've been praying for comes to Christ. When God rewards, wow, is all I can say. There's nothing like when God says, you know what? I'm going to rain down the blessings of heaven in your life. There's nothing like when God says, I'm going to open the floodgates of heaven into your life. There's nothing like when the Holy Spirit just goes whoosh. Into your life. Nothing can surpass that. Nothing is any greater than when God says, you know what? Here you go. It's yours because you're seeking me diligently. You're going after me. Third, second thing it leads us into is this being honest in God's presence. There's two scriptures that show the beginning of Moses' encounters and then years later. And I, I find this quite Interesting. Exodus chapter 3, verse 6 says, he said, also, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. Woo! Yeah, thank you. Then Moses hid his face. Have you ever tried to hide from God? You're like, no, it's impossible. You're right, it's impossible, but we try it every day. We try it all the time. We try to hide from God. Watch this. Here's a big one. Here's a big one. You know, you don't go to church, so you get yourself busy with something else. So you get your mind off the fact that you feel guilty because you didn't show up for church. You ever done that? Yeah? Okay, I'm glad I'm the only one that ever did that in my entire life, and I'm a pastor. All right? We try a lot of times to hide ourselves from God. We, we, We become so consumed with so much stuff that it takes, what, God's presence out of our lives... ...so that hopefully we can forget about it for just a few moments... ...so we can enjoy whatever is captivating our attention right now. All right. Watch this one. Exodus chapter 3 verse 11. This is a great transition right here. We went from Exodus 3, 6, now Exodus 33 and 11. Big time span. Thus the Lord used to speak to Moses face to face just as man speaks to his friend. So what do we see here? First of all, in the beginning, Moses was hiding his face. Now, Moses is what? Speaking face to face with God. So we need to be honest in God's presence. Now, watch this. I'm going to tell myself a little bit here. I do this often, but I'm going to tell myself because I need you to understand something. It's okay to go with God when you're frustrated. It's okay to go to God angered. It's okay to go to God sad. It's okay to go to God mad. A lot of times we'll say, well, you know, we got to, God bless, we're going to go to God and we're going to thank him regardless. And we're going to say amen and we're going to leave. Yes, you thank him regardless, but you also pour out your emotion to him. Don't hide it from him. Do you not think he doesn't know already? Have you ever talked to somebody close to you in your life? And you, they—you knew they were just as ticked as they could be at you. And you go, "Are you okay?" And they're like, "I'm fine. I am fine." You know, you're like, "No, you're," you know, you just no, you're not. You know, I'm the—I'm a fixer. Is anybody else a fixer? Thank God for fixers. Okay, the rest of y'all, you'll come to Jesus one day. So, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. So, but it's okay to go to God upset. I uh, about a month ago. I'll be honest I was mad at God I was upset I was frustrated I could have chewed nails And spit them out so I could have swallowed them I, didn't, I was just Ticked off And you're like oh my gosh that's the pastor Alright I was And I, look it got to the point That I, I looked at my wife And it was, I wasn't mad at her I was mad at God actually I said you know what I got to run up to the church. I'll be back in a few minutes. Well, that was a lie because I knew it wasn't going to be a few minutes. I had some stuff to talk about God with. I came in here and I was like, I hope nobody walks through these doors because they're going to hear something. And I came up to this altar. I kid you not. And I laid it all out. I said, God, this is what, this is what, what are you doing? How can you allow this? I am mad. I am angered. Have you ever been in that moment where you've had a conversation with someone and they just poured everything out to you and then at the end they go, whew, that felt better. And walked away and you're like, wow, okay, cool. You know, I just got a lot of something I really didn't need in my own life, but thank you, you know. And I was pouring it out to God in that moment. And and I found myself apologizing. God, I'm sorry I'm talking to you like this, but this is, I mean, it wasn't nothing that bad. But I was just showing him my emotion. And I said, God, I don't get it. How? Why? I don't like this. I'm mad in this moment. And then I found myself toward the end of the, the, the and, and I didn't, didn't plan it, but then I found myself at the end just in this moment where God just began to comfort me and to console and to say are you done? <laughs> are you done now? now? Now you got that off your chest? Do you feel better? Yes I did. Sometimes God's looking at us, he says, you know what, be honest with me. Be honest with me in this moment. I mean, we, we see here where, with Moses, he was honest. We see in scriptures with David, um, Psalm 13 and 1, or the psalmist says, Oh Lord, how long will you forget me? Forever? See, we go, how long will you forget me? Forever. Let's put some emotion in this, right? Oh Lord, how long you going to forget? God, how long are you going to forget me? Forever? Then we read again in the next verse. He says, How long must I struggle with anguish in my soul, with sorrow in my heart every day? How long will my enemy have the upper hand? Gosh. Sometimes God just wants you to pour it out, man. Just pour it out. You know that whole saying, it's better to pour it out than to keep it in. Make sure you only pour it out to the right one, though. And that's God. Give it to him. He wants to listen. He wants to help. He wants to answer. He wants to show himself who he is. David had no problem going to God and saying how he really felt. Dishonesty decreases God's presence in your life. Many of you are trying to hide from your weaknesses and you've been tired. You've been worn out. You've been at dismay. You just don't know what to do next. I love this in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9, it says this, I am with you. That is all you need. That scripture could end right there, and that's all that needs to be said. It says, I am with you, that is all you need. My power shows up best in what? Weak people. Or what? Your weakness. God's power doesn't show up best in your strength, but in your weakness. Do you know why God looked at David and said, he's a man after my own heart? Because he was able to be honest and show his weaknesses to God. And for God to do something powerful through him. The third thing is this, we need to depend on God's presence. Depend on God's presence. As you read through chapter 3 of Exodus, you'll find a pattern that that, uh, gets set up between Moses and God. Watch this, God speaking. Moses, go to Pharaoh on my behalf. Moses speaking, sorry, I can't do that. God speaking, Moses, speak to me for my people. Moses speaking, sorry, I can't do that. God speaking, Moses, I want you to lead out my people from Egypt. Moses speaking, sorry, I can't lead. There's a back and forth with, with God and Moses here. God saying do, God, and Moses saying, I can't. Maybe we don't verbally say that, but we oftentimes show that through our actions with God. God You know, I can't be the husband that you want me to be. I I can't quit spending. I I can't raise these kids. God, you know what? I can't follow Christ. And here's where you think I would say you're wrong, that you can do these things. But you know what I'm going to say? You're right. You can't. You can't be a good husband. You can't stop spending. You can't raise these kids. You can't follow Christ. Without God. But God can. Moses said to God, I can't do it. But here's what God said. Exodus chapter 3, verse 14. God said to Moses, I am who I am. You know, I've been in a lot of church services where a pastor would say that. And man, the place would take off going crazy. Now, time out. I would sit there and go, I don't exactly understand that statement. The emotion is not resonating up inside of me when I see I am who I am. It says I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent you. But here's what it truly means is this. I am the solution before you ever see a problem. I am the key to every door that you need opened. I am the courage for every fear that you face. I am the peace for every trouble that you don't know, even know, rather, is coming. I am the provision for every need that's ahead. I am the protection from every attack of the enemy. I am so big and so powerful that you cannot even list everything that I am Just know that I am. Wow. Wow. You know, I'm going to end there. Stand with me this morning. So we saw an encounter here that happened with Moses, and we saw how some things changed. We saw Moses in a moment, Where he was raised in a home and there was an expectation set, but he felt the truth inside of him and what God had originally planned for his life. We see the scripture where he rebelled from that. Where maybe he wasn't happy with God's timing, God's agenda to it all, and he took it upon himself to do what he wanted to do. Sounds familiar. It does in my life. I don't know about yours, but it sounds familiar taking on the role of God and fixing things the way I think they need to be fixed or happen or fulfilled the way I think they need to be filled but then we see later on where he's running from God he's running and look a period of 40 years he probably done thought in his mind that crazy idea is gone God will find someone else and now we don't have to worry about this anymore and then when he least expected it one day, what? God showed up. In a manner of which he did not expect. And when he did, he did it in a way that captured his attention. And the scripture says that Moses, what? Turned aside. If you don't get anything else this morning, understand this. It's time to what? Turn aside. What God, what are you trying to say to me? that's my prayer this morning god there's a room full of people here this morning who who want to encounter you they want that manifest presence they they understand that you're there but god they want you to show up to be seen to be heard and to be known in their everyday life through their everyday activities through parenting through through being a husband or a wife, through being in their job, through being with their friendships, just being in life in general, Lord, they want you to be seen, known, and heard in their life. Manifest, God, your presence this morning. May us not just reserve that moment for we, we come into a gathering such as this. But Father, as we're at home in our quiet time with you, May we seek after you diligently in such a manner, God, that you manifest your presence. May we get caught up in conversation with others, Lord, in such a way, Lord, that you can manifest your presence. May we, Lord, allow ourselves to be in environments, God, where you manifest your presence. So, God, today we want to encounter you. So help us in this room to do just that. So Moses... Is running from God. He's hiding from God. He's thinking he's won this thing. He's beat it. And then God showed up. And God's telling him what to do. And he's saying what? I can't. I can't speak. I can't lead. I can't do that. God is saying, yes, you can. You can't on your own. But you can through me. And with me. What I want most for this church is that we are a church that encounters the manifestation of God, not only when we're here, but when you're in your every ordinary life, every single day. So I've asked Bradley this morning to have something ready for us. I just want you to take a moment to reflect as we go right into a song to reflect just about this message and reflect about encountering God. So, do you want to encounter God? Do you want to encounter that manifest presence of God in your life? Maybe maybe you have, and it's been a long time. Maybe you never have before, and you're like, "Uh, yeah, you do, trust me. If that's you today, look, I'm not going to make it awkward. Just slip your hand up and say, Pastor, yeah, that's me. I want to encounter the manifest presence in my life. I want to encounter it now. I wanna encounter it tomorrow. I wanna encounter it the next day. I don't wanna stop encountering the manifest presence of God in my life. If that's you, just lift your hand up. God, you see every hand right now, but more importantly, God, you know every intent of every heart of every person in this room. God is saying and is longing in their spirit to want more of you. God, encounter them, show you Lord, to be real. Let them know, God, that you are seen and known and heard in their lives. When people see your people, let them see you, God. Let them see your power manifesting through them. Father Lord, may we be not just known by title as a Christian, but may we be known by our relationship with you of a God who speaks and is known and seen and heard through us. So God, for all of us today who in our hearts or our left at hand or in our minds are saying I want to encounter more of God God encounter encounter Lord don't hold back Father Lord pour out your spirit may God may we diligently seek you so that God you have to fulfill your scripture and reward us Father we love you we thank you God in my prayer today There's any person in this room who does not know your son, Jesus Christ, as their Lord and personal Savior, that before they leave this place today, that they make that commitment with you, that they come and see me, God, and that we can pray together and celebrate in that moment together. Father, we love you so much. And here we are at Thanksgiving, Lord, and we have so much to be thankful for, God. All that you have done for us, Lord, everything, Lord, of which you have lent us, because nothing is of our own. Everything is because of you. And for that, Lord, we say thank you. So, Father, as we leave this place, let the words of our mouth, the meditation of our heart be acceptable in your sight. Oh, Lord, our strength and our redeemer. And, Father, as we give our giftings, tithings, and offerings to you, may it be done, Lord, to further your kingdom and to do more ministry in Jesus' name. And the church says amen, amen and amen. We love you guys. Happy Thanksgiving.